Hey everybody, I'm Chad Inman. Thanks for joining me today for day three of the Genesis podcast. Today we're going to explore chapter three. Before we begin, let's do a quick recap. In chapter one, we see how God created our world out of love and the special relationship humanity has with God and his creation as those made in his image and as stewards of this creation. In chapter 2, we see the beauty and goodness God intended for his creation and those made in his image. Today, there's an unfortunate plot twist. So let's get into it. I will be reading from the New Living Translation. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. When the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And to the man he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch your living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life, and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden 
and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So Genesis 3 has a lot of exegetical or interpretation questions. These questions affect our theology, the lens that we use to try to understand God. So they are important, but they don't have time, but we don't have time to address them today. So we're going to look going to briefly look at the three main parts of Genesis 3. The original sin, the first time humanity was tempted and sinned against God, then Adam and Eve's response to their sin, and finally the consequences of the original sin. And within these three parts of the story, we see lies that Satan used and still uses. So let's get into it. So what's the deal with this tree? You would think it would be the tree of violence or lust or deceit or whatever your favorite of the seven deadly sins is. What is so bad about the knowledge of good and evil? Satan's first lie really answers this question. He plants a seed of doubt in Adam and Eve's minds. You will not die. God is lying to you. You cannot trust God. He is holding you back. You need to fend for yourself. And the second part of that lie is that faith, our relationship with God, is boiled down to doing good and avoiding evil, doing the right things and avoiding the bad things. So what was life like before this fruit? The focus must have not been on good and evil, but something else. It must have been about taking evening strolls with God, abiding, as Jesus called it, right, in our last podcast. So when we are fixated on right and wrong, it reduces our faith to what Dallas Willard called the gospel of sin management. We take God right out of the equation so we can be in control. Besides, think about how many times the pursuit of right and wrong has been manipulated how many times it had resulted in hurting people. On the other hand, if our focus is walking in step with God, doing good and avoiding evil tends to take care of itself. St. Augustine, or Augustine, if you want to sound scholarly, he put it this way, Love God, then do what you please. So the second part of the story is Adam and Eve's reaction after they sin. We are told that they felt ashamed. Their reaction is to hide from God. When God asks why they are hiding, notice Adam's response. Not, I did, but I was, I am. Here we see the third lie, the lie of shame. Let's briefly talk about the difference between guilt and shame. So guilt holds us accountable for our action, while shame tells us that we are nothing more than the sum of our mistakes, that we are less than, not good enough. So this next lie is twofold, that our sin defines us and that we must hide our shame, we must hide ourselves, both from God and from others. Let me tell you, I know a thing or two about shame. I even attend a group here at Watermark titled Ashamed No More. 
And let me tell you that when I feel ashamed, my initial reaction definitely is to hide. In the final part of Genesis 3, we see the consequence of sin. God explains how the very nature of the way our planet works has been altered by sin. Satan uses this altered reality with this final lie, that it's God's will when bad things happen. Now, Yesterday we were given this beautiful picture of what things were supposed to be like on earth. The original description of earth shows us that God's will, what God's will is for our world. If this is his will, then sickness, pain, and death cannot be. This is why Jesus taught us to pray for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth. Because the reality of sin, and thus pain and death, is not a part of God's will. Does God use situations of suffering for good? Yes, because he's awesome and he's bigger than these bad situations. But that does not mean that the terrible things that happen are a part of his will. So now what? What do we do with all this? Well, I'm going to challenge you to take some time today to answer this question. What lie is Satan using to trip me up? Are you trusting God with your life or do you think you have to take care of things on your own? Are you finding peace in God's presence or has your faith been reduced to a list of do's and don'ts? Are you finding your identity and your likeness to God, connecting with him and others? Or has shame caused you to isolate? Do you blame God for the tragedy that is a reality of this world? Or do you find hope in the coming of the new Jerusalem, the new Eden? Let us pray. God, you are holy. You are love. Help us to find peace in your goodness and your grace. Reveal to us the lies we have believed and give us the perspective to reject those lies and to place our trust in you. Amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.